Welcome to Business Done Differently, where baseball team owner turned showman Jesse Cole speaks with successful entrepreneurs who stand out in business and in life by thinking differently and challenging the status quo. We believe whatever is normal, do the exact opposite, and that normal gets normal results. If you want to stand out and be different, this one's for you. Today's guest is the one and the only John DeJulius. John is a keynote speaker, international customer experience consultant, and the best-selling author of three books, including The Customer Service Revolution. John works with world-class companies like the Ritz-Carlton, Lexus, Starbucks, Nordstrom, Nestle, Marriott Hotel, Chick-fil-A, and many more. John is a practitioner, and he lives his brand and has approved it when he worked with John Robert Spa, a chain of upscale Cleveland locations repeatedly named one of the top 20 salons in America. And now the DeJulius Group, a customer experience consulting firm. John is also the host of the Customer Service Revolution event, which I'm honored to be speaking at in 2019. John, welcome, my friend. Thank you, Jess. It's so great to be here. I am pumped. I think we got connected back in the day by Arnie Malham, and we are all in to this customer service experience. And I think so many companies and people talk about customer service, but they don't make it their brand. And you've literally made your whole business life all about customer experience. So I want to go back when you started with John Robert Spa and you really built that into what it was. Can you share kind of how you built that and how you put the customer experience into everything you did? Yeah, so this is, uh, I think we opened in 93. We had no staff, no customers, and mostly no money. (laughs) And the only thing I could think of that we could afford was just differentiating. And like every other major city, there was a salon up and down the street. I mean, you know what? The street we opened up on Mayfield Road in Mayfield Heights, I mean, you could literally throw a baseball and didn't have to have a good arm (laughs) and hit a bunch of salons. So, you know, what's going to make us different? That we have a couple good, great hairdressers or that we offer coffee when you come in. I mean, there was people that had, at that time, prettier places, bigger chandeliers, And so we really got obsessed with the customer experience and just taking care of people and doing things that today sound silly. I'll give you one example. It actually had a little bit of a hiccup in it. But 25 years ago, we did something revolutionary. And you'll laugh. We would call you the day before your appointment to remind you of your appointment. I know that sounds silly today, right? Because everyone does it. But I use this as an example today in my stories because I talk about negative cues. And you know about negative cues, Mm -hmm. you know, threatening language and, you know, all the crazy stuff you see in restaurants and I'm sure ballparks and stuff that could be said a different way. But anyway, we would call and say, hey, Jesse, we'd like to remind you of your appointment 3 p.m. tomorrow. And a lot of people got upset. Because reminding was insulting and telling you that you probably don't know your schedule. And, you know, we were like, oh, my God, you know, like we thought we were doing something good. We changed it early on to confirm. And everyone loved confirm. Mm. Right. So it's just funny. Like every word matters. Confirming. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I still want that. And can I add a manicure or, you know, can I come in earlier or, you know, whatever. But reminding turned people off. But anyway. We would send thank you cards after your first visit. And if you referred someone a $5 gift certificate and we'd have referral contests. And that was like our best thing back then is Mm. the person referred the most in the uh, 
calendar year on a day of pampering. Hmm. And we couldn't believe the reaction. So then I was able to get donated from a travel company, a cruise for two on the Royal Caribbean. Hmm. And people went crazy. And our number one referrer had 92 in a year. But better than that, we had so many people with, you know, 80s and 60s and 70s all trying to get people in there. And, and they did get a $5 gift certificate every time they sold it. But as we grew, as we had multiple locations, as we got deeper pockets, we realized that that was the customer experience was the best investment we could have. And to this day, we really don't advertise but we invest like crazy in the customer experience and the training of our employees. Well, it's all about, too, and you mentioned in the beginning, the verbiage. You know you know how Chick-fil-A, they don't say, no problem, it's my pleasure. And you know we don't say, don't worry. You don't want to have negative words. It starts with that, but it becomes more human touch. Obviously, at a spa, human touch is <laughs> a big part of what's happening, but it's those relationship things. And you mentioned the phone calls. You know, Here at Fans First, everyone who buys a ticket, they get a thank you call. And they usually think that the credit card didn't work, but we're just calling to thank you. And that may be as common in 10 years as it was to call to confirm a meeting. You know, what other things did you guys do that was maybe ahead of its time in the sense that companies aren't doing right now? You know, I love what you just brought up about, certainly in my pleasure, another negative cue. Uh, I call them nevers and always, okay? Mm -hmm. And so when you deal with a Chick-fil-A or a Ritz-Carlton or American Express, there's certain things they would never do or always do. And my biggest pet peeve is no problem. I think that's, you know, the most overcommon used street slang term. And no problem is a big problem for two reasons. One, it's two negative words, and we don't want to use any negative words. Mm -hmm. And two, if you ask me for more water, and I say no problem, basically that's telling you that it's not inconvenient to me. But obviously when we're serving others, it's not about my convenience, it's about the customers. Mm. And, you know, it almost be like saying, you're lucky I only have to go over here to refill up your water. If I didn't go any further, we'd be having a big problem. So it's definitely the language things and the certainly in my pleasures and the warm transfers versus the cool transfers. But it's also, I think the biggest thing is service aptitude training, right? So when I talk to clients about customer service, the biggest thing I find is, you know, I'll ask, Jesse, if you're going to hire me today to take tickets, serve hot dogs, whatever it is, how much training are you going to give me or my son before they're allowed to interact with your fans? And so the first answer is not what I'm looking for, right? So it might be two days, two weeks, two months. All companies are different. It's of the 40, 400 hours that you may be training someone the critical answer is what percentage of that 400 hours, let's say, is operational, right? How to process a visa, American Express, how to ring this up versus this, you know, except a gift card versus cash, you know, all those things versus, like you said, saying certainly my pleasure, escorting them versus pointing, service recovery, showing empathy and compassion, you know, all those things. And in typical businesses, it's 98% mm. operational and less than 2%. And when I say less than 2%, that's an exaggeration. Usually it's like, hey, we're fan first. See that sign we have up in the employee <laughs> office? You know, that's us. All right, go do that. And you tell 10 different people to be customer-centric. That's 10 different you know, ways. So it's about service aptitude training. And, and I always say 
it's not the employee's responsibility to have high service aptitude. It's the companies that give it to them. Mm. So it's just teaching them what the best thing we do is the uh, day in the life of a customer. And you know it, day in the life of a fan. So they are more present because most businesses, now yours is probably a little different, but most businesses, the customer facing employee is not the customer. And what I mean by that is in my hair salons, the majority of our hairdressers are anywhere from 22 to low to mid-30s. Now, we have 40s and 50s, but the majority, 100 hairdressers out of 100, probably a good 60 are in that range of 23 to 33. But the average client, guest that comes in is 38 to 55. Mm -hmm. So if you're a 22-year-old recent grad, you don't know what it's like to be a 45-year-old female <laughs> or male. You know, where 24 hours is enough time in the day, 36 hours wouldn't be enough time today. Mm. And you know, handling kids and a newborn and stress from the job, you know, it goes on and on and on, right? I'll have to tell you. So we can't change who we hire, but we have to make sure they understand their plight. So in, our, in the salon world, we teach them what it's like to be a 45-year-old mom who gets up at 4.30 a.m. to get her workout in before she gets her kids breakfast made and lunch is off and kids off on the school buses and then she's dealing with rush hour trying to get to work and clients scream you know upset with her boss asking her where the report is and then she's a taxi cab driver after school running from soccer to wrestling to football whatever it may be and then you know where our day in the life ends is her pulling into our parking lot right your wife pulling into our parking lot for that one hour escape so now if you're the hostess or you're the hairdresser or you're the receptionist or the nail tech and you just saw that her day in the life play on a reality TV show, how are you going to greet her when she walks in? When you're cutting her hair, are you going to be chatting with me next to you, the employee next to you about where we're going after work for <laughs> beers and wings? Or are you going to be more present with her because you know how bad she needs you to be present, your professional expertise? So... That is so important so they understand the whole experience and why they're paying for their experience, not ours. No. They don't want to hear about, oh, you wouldn't believe what happened last night with my girlfriend and, you know, you know blah, blah, blah. So. Now, I love this, John. And I think, you know, you've talked a lot about this, the day in the life of your customer. And I think... This is a great segue into the training because you can talk about it. And obviously, I got a picture and, you know, my wife and our four-month-old and trying to get him ready and get him out the door and go to places and traffic and all that. And I understand it. But how do you actually train someone? I mean, I'm thinking about our game day staff, 18, 20 years old, seeing 4,000 different types of people every single night. How do you get them to actually feel it? So we've helped with so many videos, every one of our, the DeJulius group, every one of our consulting clients, that's the first thing we do is create a day in the life. And so there's some that are actually out there that are awesome. So have your uh, listeners Google um, or YouTube Chick-fil-A, every life has a story. And make sure you have tissue paper, right? And it's a three minute video, two minute and 43 second video that takes you on an emotional roller coaster. And so all our videos do. Now, you also don't have to spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars on a video if you're a mom and pop. So our salon, we can't afford that. So we have a slideshow of different women 
doing different roles, and they're not all like negative. Listen, some may have just gotten engaged. Some may have just gotten promoted to their dream job, just graduated from college, law school. And that's just as important. You know, you just had a baby boy four months ago. And if I'm so consumed with me as your service provider, however I am to it on the other side, if I'm so consumed with me or treating you like a transaction, I'm missing a high five moment that you are dying for me to say, hey, what's going on, Jesse? Tell me something good. And, you know, I never do that. I'm not high-fiving. I'm not capturing that customer intelligence. And I'm not following up with a card, a congratulations call, or the next time you come in, all of us come in at different points and, hey, how's your little boy doing, right? Mm -hmm. And now there's emotional capital gain. So it's showing that. It's also having them role play. So when we have, like, new employees, before we show them, you know, our version, we'll say, all right, the six of you, ten of you get up and act it out. So one person's the guest, and then the other people are the people in their lives. It could be the cop. It could be their four-month-old throwing up in their lap when they're trying to get them off to daycare. It could be you know, their boss communicating with them. And it's a really aha moment of the two things that we owe our customers. One, our professional expertise. There's a reason why you're coming to me. You're coming to me because your business really needs a pick-me-up in growth or customer experience. So I got to deliver that or, you know, how fragile that is in your business if I don't help you in that. But the second thing is you need to be treated like a human being, a person with a name, a wife, a child, goals, dreams. So that's what that whole day in the life is it helps create compassion and empathy. Mm. I love it. You know, I'm picturing, you know, we say every game is someone's first game, but I'm picturing actually having actual photos of some of our fans and then telling a story and saying, hey, this is where they're coming from. You know, I remember my father went through a year battling cancer and my stepmother was going to the hospital every single day to take care of him. And, you know, imagine if someone was coming into our ballpark or coming into your office or wherever it is and that, you know, they just came back from the hospital with a family member or spouse dealing with cancer. How would that person be treated? And you might not know everyone's story, but if you can have that empathy there's a whole different presence that I think is brilliant. And I think it needs to be simplified. So from a training standpoint, you got me thinking, because I think we need to really humanize whether you have a thousand people come to your place, 4,500, that every person has their own story. And you have to have that presence to be there with them and not just look at it as a transaction. No, I love your example. And unfortunately, I have one. So we got tickets to the Cleveland Indians and it's a good time to be a uh, Cleveland Indians fan. But me and my three boys, we love baseball and played it. But there's so much more to it. So, you know, one of my teenagers has uh, you know, been getting in, in his share of trouble, miscellaneous stuff at home or, you know, with the teachers. And, you know, I've been feel like I've really been beating him up. And he's been really down in the dumps. Just, you know, so we I surprised him the other night and gave away our tickets a long time ago so we didn't have it. But we went just because we hadn't gone, just the two of us. And it had nothing to do with the game, but it's just something to make him forget about me not to be the taskmaster of, you know, your room's messy. And it's just that, you know what entertainment is better than anyone, to give us that two and a half hour, three hour escape mm. of just talking, you know, about baseball, mm. right? Not about grades. Not about why haven't you? And I felt like a better dad after, you know? Mm -hmm. Of course, when I got home, I, I yelled at him again, right? So <laughs> there's not enough 
games in a day to make me feel like a good dad 24-7. But, I mean, you know why people go. Sometimes it's because of fans. Sometimes it's to get away from, like you said, someone in a hospital or to escape from that for momentarily. Mm. What's the business of caring? You know, if you can just spend more time training people how to care and what that looks like, and maybe people don't know what that looks like. You know, maybe they haven't experienced family or friends that have truly cared for them. And maybe it is having people say, hey, what was the most caring thing someone's done for you? And then let them feel that and actually feel the emotion and then talk, how do we deliver that to our customers and fans? So you got me thinking about this. And I think one quote that I saw you said was, what employees experience, customers will experience. The best marketing is happy, engaged employees. Your customers will never be any happier than your employees. And I love this. And it's something we implemented this year. Our first day of training, John, for our game day staff, 150 employees, they thought they were coming to get a couple hours of training. But instead, our whole front office staff, our full-time staff, gave them the fans' first experience. We served them dinner. We had our, all our promotions. We put on a show. And we just showed them what we believe the fans' first experience was because they had to feel it. And so I'm wondering with this great quote from yours, what are some things that have you done with your team or other teams that you've worked with to really make them understand what a great experience is for them first? So Jesse, like you said, everyone's experience they're capable of delivering is based on their life experiences. And I don't know about you, but most people didn't grow up getting a Mercedes Benz when they turned 16, <laughs> you know, flying first class regularly staying in loges or getting a $150 haircut, right? Yet the first time we all got our jobs after we were done with school, we were expected to give that type of experience to those types of clients, guests, patients, tenants, fans, whatever they may be called. And it's not realistic. So to me, the worst compass, customer service compass you could use is the golden rule. Treat customers the way you want to be treated. I don't want my 25-year-old frontline customer-facing employee. You wouldn't want my my recent son who graduated from college to treat the fans the way they want to be treated because he doesn't know what world-class looks like yet. But you give him, he goes through your training, yes, he will be a rock star because you're going to teach him. Like, just say care. What does care mean? You got to teach him what care actually looks like, what it feels like. Like, you know, we say you have to show genuine hospitality. Again, that's a platitude. So we have specifics like the five E's. You have to do the five E's every time. And they take less than five seconds. The first three take one second to two to do it simultaneously. So it's eye contact, enthusiastic greet, ear to ear smile. Engage me and educate me. So it's eye contact, enthusiastic greet, ear to ear smile, engage me, use the customer's name, and educate me. Tell me what gluten free is. Tell me what whatever it is that I'm there, make sure every time I deal with someone on your staff, I realize that there's no one smarter at it than them. So instead of just saying, go use genuine hospitality, you got to make it black and white. And so they know, but to answer your specific question. So when someone gets trained, like in the salon back in the day, and, and we may still do this, I'm removed from the day-to-day operation. They would have to go through training for a year to 18 months as an assistant before they started taking their own clientele. Mm-hmm. So then what we do is we would, when they graduate, which is a huge, huge milestone in their career and exciting time, we would take them to the nicest restaurant in Cleveland. And it's for exactly why you said, because in order to deliver five star, they got to experience it. 
So we'd go to this beautiful restaurant. And, you know, listen, it's the sweetest thing. Some of them would wear like their prom dresses, right? <laughs> I, I mean, you know, and it was so cute. But so they'd get there and they'd be so excited and how the waiter would serve from the right and take from the left and how he put your napkin on your lap is exactly how we wanted the hairdresser to put the cape around your neck. Mm. And that when you were so full from dinner, but the way he described the dessert, you had to have it. No, you weren't leaving without trying. It's the same way we want you know, our hairdressers to describe highlights to your wife that she has to have it, right? I love it. And the language. It was so funny. you know. We'd go like six months later with the next graduating person. And I'd see that, you know, the last person we take with her boyfriend there. And it was so cool that she was teaching him how to behave and how to, you know, what each fork meant and all those things. So they have to experience it. One other way is a, a big thing that we uh, teach our clients. I love to ask people, you know, who's really good at building rapport with others? You know, and everyone raises their hand. And I call BS. Hmm. I said, just because you may know my name from seeing me often, or you recognize me, or even living four doors down from you, doesn't mean that you have built a rapport. doesn't mean that you have built a relationship. And so here's how, Jesse, if you've had a conversation with someone, a stranger, here's how you prove to me that you have a relationship, you built a rapport with them. You have to know two or more things of his or her Ford. F-O-R-D, like the card. F-O-R-D, F-Family. You know, are they married? Do they have kids? Do they live at home? O stands for occupation, right? What do they do? What's their title? How long have they been there? R, recreation. What do they like to do? Are they a runner? Do they like baseball? What do they do with their free time? And dream. You know, what's on their bucket list? And Ford is the greatest tool to keep ourselves off talking about ourselves, right? Mm. Because we're all genetically coded to say, oh, you wouldn't believe what happened to my flight, my flat tire, my son, versus now I know every time I talk to you, I got to walk away with two or more things of your four. Mm. And, you know, it's a great thing. So, you know, we teach this. We have, it's in our database. You know, after they cut your hair, there better be something in the database on your four. But we teach this across all our clients. However, like you said, at orientation, they don't know that we've collected four mm -hmm. on them. So we'll have a venti soy latte in front of you. Maybe we'll have something like whatever you have for a four-month-old child to take home. It might be a John Roberts bib. Mm -hmm. But they are blown away at the personalization, what four does and how it makes you feel. They will say, see? See how cool that is when you focus on other people's sport and the emotional capital you can capture that when you do drop the ball, and we certainly do, how forgiving they will be because of the relationship you've built. Mm, I love that. It's be interested more than interesting. And most people want to be the most interesting person out there, but you need to be interested in people. A few things I want to take from that and maybe pivot into some of the companies and the clients that you've worked with. The graduation, I love that. And I want to see, have you seen it practically with other companies in the sense that I understand in the salon business, you know, it could take a long time to really go through the thorough training and then yeah. have a full graduation. But what about something like a part-time employee that's coming on? Have you seen companies do this type of graduation ceremony, get it to where they really feel that they've accomplished something and earned a position with the company? I'm sure I have, but off the top of my head, where I've seen it done at the masses is just having 
their annual holiday or Oscars party, you know, awards done at a very nice place, right? And so they do get to see valet parking. They do get to see what a nice sit-down meal is at the Ritz-Carlton or a place similar to that that they get to see how see how she said certainly you know she didn't say no problem mm-hmm. you asked her if she had diet pepsi and she said absolutely i'd be happy to get that for you and you're vetting that this place is a world-class place to deal with mm, i love it you know i think about it too it's recognizing people more than anything especially young millennials the recognition goes a long way and then the next step i think is recognizing them in front of their family so many young people just still want to make their parents proud and so we're, we're putting together ideas of having, you know, a big event where we invite our whole staff and their parents and their families and acknowledge them and recognize them. Because, you know, again, it's not necessarily money these days. It's how you make them feel like they have purpose and that they're making an impact. And I don't know, have you seen some other companies put more of these events together? Yeah. I mean, well, you know, it also goes with good times, you know, and stronger economies. But it's so important to make that type of investment. And like you said, we want to do everything that the Julius Group does and helping our clients is about making price irrelevant. And making price irrelevant isn't means that you can't double your ticket prices tomorrow or even raise them 25% and not expect to lose existing or potential customers. What making price irrelevant does look like is based on the experience you consistently deliver. And and when I say you, I mean your brand. Mm -hmm. It can't be dependent on, man, if I get Jennifer, man, she's awesome. But if you happen to get that Jesse, yeah, it depends on what kind of day he's had, right? So based on the experience your team consistently delivers, your customer should have no idea what your competition charges. Mm, and you know, and that's making price around you know, listen, everyone, you know, not everyone, Starbucks has done that. And we're all price sensitive. And I've driven three extra miles to save fifty cents on something, not realizing I just lost in that exchange. But there are a lot of companies, Apple, Circus Soleil, I mean a lot of these companies that are different, that they aren't like everyone else, that they focus on the experience and they put it there. And again, you know, all of our tickets are all you can eat. Every ticket we have is all you can eat, including the show with the dancing players and the banana nanas and our breakdancing first base coach. So we're not trying to compete with everyone else at a typical baseball game. We're playing a different game. And so when you can do that, that's why we put so much emphasis into this fans first experience, because that's how we're differentiating. And it makes sense. I mean, if you compete on price, you're already done. You're already done. There's one company. But you also said something I absolutely love. I'm assuming the other minor league professional baseball isn't your competition, unless you have a slew of them, which typically you don't, yeah. right? Yep. And I always love to say, who's your competition? They'll tell me the one down the street or online. <laughs> yeah. And I always say, listen, all right, so let's go to the hair salon or let's go to the minor league baseball game. If you come, you know, get a haircut today, your wife does, she doesn't then go to our nearest competitor <laughs> and compare. She doesn't need a haircut or a salon experience for a few more weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's not our competition directly. Our competition, she then goes shopping. She then goes to you know meet a friend at a, a nice restaurant. And she then goes maybe to the dentist's office. And in each experience, she's clicking her heels like Dorothy on The Wizard of Oz saying, God, I wish they greeted me as well as my salon <laughs> or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And just like you, your competition, you know, because so many people are like, oh, we are head and shoulders <laughs> above our competitors. Well, that's irrelevant. I don't experience your competitors, Mm. but I do make other phone calls. 
So if I'm thinking about going to a ball game tonight, it's not another ball game I'm comparing. I'm saying, all right, guys, you want to go out to dinner? There's a good show out, right? Or, man, you know, my kids are saying, we have to go to the ballpark, you know? And that's what you're competing with. Whatever we can do with our discretionary time and money, and we can't get so narrowly focused that it's just the people that sell the exact same service or product. No, your competition's everyone. I mean, we always say it's Disney, it's Airbnb, it's Amazon. You know, how quick people get things. When we're shipping out merchandise, just like Amazon, people are used to getting it in two days. So we have to be in two days. We have to have a better package. So, I mean, again, but the where you can win going back is to the customer experience. So, John, I want to do a few, some rapid fire, have some fun here. Yeah. What's the best first impression that you've had from a business? One that really stood out for you. So you showed up and you're like, wow, this was a nice touch. It's hotel rooms and you get in there and there's something personalized and they've done their homework or a client that brought me in to speak did their homework and they'll know there'll be like things in my room. I'm very specific diet. So they know that I'm gluten-free and there will be written like, it'll be something specific like that. It's just something that we recognize you. We know you're here. We are so grateful, whether it be a business or something like that. Okay, great. What about a last impression? When you left an establishment, you were wowed. I love that. I'm so glad you asked because I was going to say, I have a last one that just rattles off. So there's a five-star resort called Nemecolon that we consult with in the um, middle of Pennsylvania, Farmington, Pennsylvania. And so you drop off your car at valet, obviously, and you don't pick it up for like four or five days whenever you're departing. And they come around, and like my, my trucks, this is years ago when I had a Suburban, the truck's spotless. It's like, what the hell? It doesn't look like this in you know, months. And they washed it. You get in, they filled it up. They did when I pulled up. They said, Mr. DeJewish, would you like us to fill up your gas tank and add it to your bill? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. I don't even know what the service charge, if there's one. But I don't want to be going looking for gas when I leave here on Monday. So that was cool. There was a box in my front seat. And the box was full of everything in my Suburban. I have three rows, right? They kind of cleaned up and put everything in the box. And like, I found a CD I thought we lost like six months ago, right? I have three boys. I had a Suburban, three rows. That third row, I've never been to. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go near, right? So, you know, they cleaned that up. Back then, I drank Canada Dry Ginger Ale. They had it, a cold one, in my cup holder. Love it. And how they knew that was they looked at my mini bar in my room or what I ordered at their restaurants. Mm-hmm. And so I love the last impression because so often – I know this is rapid fire, but the little speed bumps along the way that they might have not had something right, I'm forgetting about because I'm so happy drinking a ginger ale, full gas tank, driving home. So sorry, I'll go back to rapid No, fire. no, no, it's great. It's when you leave, and I can't agree with you more. That's why we focus so much on having the players out of the gate and the band and having free s'mores. And we've even done this, and we'll probably do more of it. How about this? You're leaving a ballpark it's late at night, and you go to your car, and all of a sudden you see that it's been completely washed. There's a mobile car wash company that we've worked with and we're looking to do more. I mean, imagine you're leaving that. You had a great time and your car is completely spotless when you get to your car. So that those, is crazy. So those are things that we're thinking about. And again, it's mapping the entire journey. That's why I'm so fascinated in talking with you. All right. I wanna, actually, we're going to flip the script here. We're going to have some fun. Now you are the host of the show, John. You can ask me one question. Oh, good question. I mean, you do so many cool things. Like I'm writing a new book. And so literally, just as you're asking that, I'm like, shoot, I have to send in the manuscript next week, but I want to interview you for it. So my new book is called The Relationship Economy. 
Wow. Right. And it's everything we're talking about that with the digital disruption, everything's a commodity today. What's your number one thing for teaching your staff how to build rapport and relationships? Ooh, that gets into a deep question. I think, you know, to go back to simplify it, everything we do is fans first. So that's our whole decision filter. Is it fans first? Our name of our company is Fans First Entertainment. Our mission is Fans First Entertain Always. So what we do to build everything is we're constantly asking our people, what are those fans first moments that we're creating every single day? And we actually keep track and we have a storyboard. I think a lot of companies, they may talk about their core beliefs. We keep track of all of our stories because that actually shares, do you live that belief? And we talk about it over and over again. We give speeches around the community. So, you know, you talk about building rapport. I think it's just repeatable, sharing the stories over and over again. Every staff chat, every huddle, every meeting that we have, what are the fans first moments that we created? And then recognizing people. So every week we have our staff send an email. What was something they did fans first? And what was something they noticed someone else on our staff do that's fans first? So it's constantly in our vocabulary in front of us. And that's just, that's all for us. So I don't know if that goes into the specifics and details. But no, no, we try to keep it, it absolutely simple. does. Yeah. It absolutely does. And the other thing that I love that you do. So uh, Seth Godin has a quote, outlove your competition. Mm. And I just love that quote, right? Mm, and we it. might not be able to spend them. Sometimes we cannot think them, you know. You cannot work. I mean, you better work hard, but you know, can't necessarily say you're going to outwork them, but out loving them. So we have, and you do this, we have customer appreciation events internally. Yes. So I'm not talking about where we invite our customers in and cheese and wine and thank them. No, no, that's not what I'm talking I'm not talking about external customer appreciation events. It's what you're saying. We, when we have our meetings, we start off with, we ask everyone, first has to tell me one customer, one client, one guest, whoever it is, that they love and why. Mm. And so, you know, you say, oh, I love Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones is so sweet. We screwed up last week and she was apologizing to me because of how bad I felt, right? And so we go around the room and everyone tells one story of a customer they love and why. And what that does, because typically, as you know, we get in the back room and we talk about, oh, you wouldn't believe this one person just mm. called up and thought she, and then someone else says, that, oh, I had one last week. And then also that feels like the majority of our clients, we really know it's only like 2%. 100%. And most people put policies on those 2% too, which exactly. is the worst. That's so good, John, because it brings in the purpose. And again, we can come back to it, but it always comes back down to why. And, and I love the quote you said, the real scoreboard is the number of lives you have enhanced. And we don't talk about numbers. We talk about impact. Make the greatest impact on the greatest number of people. And when you talk about make it human and relationship and talk about you know that one fan they love, people can say, you know what? That's why I do this. That's why I put the hours into do because I make that impact on that one fan and it affects their whole life dramatically. It's so simple, but so brilliant. Listen, you know, to that, people complain about the millennials. And my favorite quote with that is the currency for millennials is purpose. Mm -hmm. And you got a bunch of millennials that are working for you. They're kicking, crushing it. And that's because you've created purpose. They aren't willing to trade hours for dollars. But you tie purpose to their role and they will make more sacrifices than our generation did. Mm. Well, it's simple. I mean, again, love your customers more than your product, but love your employees more than your customers. And when you actually show that, do it, and you build it into your core, amazing things happen. So I want to finish with a few things here quickly. Question time. Obviously, you're getting ready for a new book, which is exciting. But I believe if you want better answers in business, you need to ask better questions. What are some of the best questions that you're asking of different companies, clients, and people you're working with? Hmm. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Wow, you got me. 
Well, you've already asked me yeah. some. I, I mean, again, it's like, what's your curiosity? What's really helping you to help these companies? What are those big questions that really get to the core of what needs to be worked on? You know, what's the proof? First, what's the objective? What do you want it to look and feel like 12 to 18 months from now? What's going to prove? What is the definable proof besides sales, mm. right? And sales is such a product of so many things. What is going to prove that this was the best investment you ever made? And we have to come up with it and we need executive sponsorship. So how do you prove to me that you have executive sponsorship? Now you prove it just by all the things you do. The uh, annual customer service training doesn't do it. It's like deodorant. It wears off within time. The mm. smell comes back. You visit customer service not only daily, you visit it hourly. And if you think of every world-class customer service company out there, Walt Disney, mm. Apple, Amazon, Zappos, Starbucks, Chick-fil-A, you can tell why. Mm. Their leader is obsessed you can't ever read an interview, watch a video, and they can't any topic bring back to how it affects the customer experience. Mm, love it. What about a book you keep coming back to from customer service, customer experiences? One of the best ones that you read and it stands out? I've had so many. I, I'm a big Howard Schultz yeah, fan, the yeah. uh, CEO or former president of uh, Starbucks. So I love his book Onward and his first book, Pour Your Heart Into It. And it's just about his vision and him overcoming the battle and never going away from creating that enduring relationship with the customers in a mass market. Yeah, he's amazing. He actually he came and spoke at our, our Rotary in Little Gastonia, North Carolina two years ago. It was a surprise. It was crazy. Unbelievable. All right. Well, before our final two, customer service revolution, big event coming up. You've been doing it for years. What makes this event different than most conferences? So it's exclusively customer experience. You know, and you go there, it's just a baptism of world-class customer service. We have 15 to 18 of the best speakers, practitioners, world-leading authorities doing it. And then what we do is that I don't think anyone else can. We host it in Cleveland. And the reason why we do that is because I can borrow, hire 100 employees from my other businesses that help just make it an unbelievable experience from the moment you get off the elevator, pull up in valet to where you're seated. We have secret service concierge that are revolutionaries that are wired. They are dressed in black. They hear that you wanted Mountain Dew and the staff at the convention center don't have it. There's going to be a Mountain Dew in front of you within 15 minutes. It's going to blow your mind. You forgot reading glasses. There's going to be reading glasses. I mean, they are just stalking you, trying to just blow your mind and just make it just such a world-class event. And so while, and you know our lineup and your friends, mm -hmm. a lot of them, while the speakers are great, the number one rating is what our concierge do for the people there. Mm -hmm. um, they just, like what you do, no one's ever expected that and just can't believe that they just experienced it. Amazing. It's not just listening to what people say, it's watching what you do. And I think that's what's probably one of the most unique things about the conference. You know, can't wait to attend and be there. What's the date on that and where can people find information on this? It is October 24th and 25th in Cleveland, Ohio. And just pull up the customer service revolution dot com and there's tickets still available love it all right i want to finish with our final two here john and we'll call it a day what is one thing that you've done to stand out in business and in life i think just trying to be genuine you know 
another quote I love is kindness is not an act, it's a lifestyle. So I just think about it's being that way to anyone, be it a stranger, person on an elevator, get in an elevator and say, man, I really like your shoes. You know, I love those glasses. And it's genuine. There's always something positive that you can say to another person. And it's not with the intention of hoping to get a tip, more business, a lead, anything. It's just going out of your way to try to provide a unique, memorable moment right there, right there on the spot. You know, if you get on an elevator with 15 different people today going up and down, I want to be the nicest person you met, right? If we speak over the phone, if we do a podcast, you know, I just want to stand out as being the nicest person that hopefully made you smile during that moment. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I always look for anybody that's wearing yellow and I compliment them or if they're wearing Savannah bananas, always call it. It makes it very easy, but love that. Finally, John, last question here. How do you want to be remembered? So I have uh, my own personal statement and it's large letters that are in my office and in my wallet and, you know, my mirror is I want to live an extraordinary life. So countless others do. So I don't want to live an extraordinary life. So I have a bigger bank account, more cars, more houses, more vacations. But if I find a way to live an extraordinary life, and as you know, that's hard work, right? It's Mm. it's who I'm spending time with. It's what I'm eating. It's what I'm feeding my brain. It's all those things. How many people that will have a ripple effect from my three boys to my 150 employees to the tens of thousands of people I come in contact with every year. Mm. Well, you're definitely doing that, my friend. And I didn't share with you, but your book, The Customer Service Revolution, was one of the first books I read when I got into the industry. That and raving fans and customers for life. So you've had a dramatic ripple effect and impact on me, on our businesses and the thousands of people we've touched. So I can't thank you enough for sharing with me today and you know getting to know you over the last year or so. And I look forward to going to The Customer Service Revolution and really hopefully making an impact, getting to know you more. But How else can people find out about what you're doing? Because like I said, you are making a difference and it It really is making a ripple effect. Well, thank you, Jesse. Uh, They can go to the DeJuliusGroup.com, the DeJuliusGroup, and it's D-I, the DeJuliusGroup.com and everything's there, whatever they may need. But it was an honor to be asked. You've had some great people, amazing people that I look up to on your podcast. So I really appreciate to be uh, one of those. John, thanks so much for everything. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Business Done Differently with Jesse Cole, the Yellow Tux Guy. If you love the show, let Jesse know by leaving a review on iTunes or sending him an email at jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. For more information on the guest and topics of this episode, visit findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.